This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm uh, really excited today. Um, not t- typically, I don't bring on other dudes that I met in front of bathrooms, but today I am going to do that. Uh, a good friend of mine, good buddy of mine, uh, took me to a Tony Robbins event uh, two years ago. Uh, if you know me, uh, you have to drag me to a Tony Robbins event. Um, I'm, I'm typically not the rah-rah guy, uh, but uh, I noticed this kid, younger guy, good-looking dude, standing over by the bathroom. I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar. Walked over, and it was my buddy here, Jared Glant. How you doing, brother? Good, man. I'm doing real good. And I'll just say, in my defense, I was at the Tony Robbins uh, event because I was putting a deal together with the promoter of the event to take us around the world. And uh, they did our world tour for us this past year and we're working on it again this year. So I had a reason. Yeah, I, I was definitely, <laughs> yeah, dude, I was invited. I went, it was a free trip to Florida. I was cool with it. It was, uh, it, it's not my bag. Personally. Every dude, everybody, he, he's, he's done an unbelievable job. He helps 100%. a lot of people just, you know, it's not for everybody. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but it was interesting. And then, of course, you and I, we chatted it up a little bit. We followed each other uh, on Instagram, I think it was. And then, uh, of course, Grant was there. It looked like, you know, obviously everybody was kind of checking things out. Um, It was a good event. Uh, Again, not my thing. But um, we stayed in touch. We stayed in touch over over that course. And I asked you if you want to be on the podcast. You uh, kindly said yes. And we got it scheduled. Thanks Thanks to young Mark there. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll reschedule because we were both in a weird place at that one point in time yeah. where we had it scheduled. So, um, you know, a lot of the people that I have on here, we, we talk about social media, we talk about this, that, and everything else, but I, I'm a sales guy. I came from a sales background. I, I'm originally, if it weren't for the car business um, in my young 20s, I'm going to be 41 here uh, in December. Um, if it wasn't for the car business in my 20s, about, you know, close to 18, 19, 20 years ago, um, I would have probably ended up in the military. There was no other option for me. Um, very similar to your story. I was in uh, college, dropped out. They had no interest, hated school, still hate school, can't stand it. Um, only enjoyed learning things that uh, I had massive interest in. For sure. And the car business, I, I will always say, saved my life. Not only that, gave me 100% the best sales training ever uh, when it comes to overcoming objections, yeah. uh, how to understand well, people. The, the, all... thing, the, the thing about the car business that people, they, they, they need to understand, uh, it's transactional, meaning there's a high frequency of transactions in the business and, and it's a high ticket. So, you know, it's the second biggest purchase that a person makes next to their house. So, you know, the, the frequency of the purchase and the amount of negotiations that you go through, the amount of customers you get to work with, the dollar value involved. Um, it really is a, a phenomenal place to go in and cut your teeth as a salesperson. So I tell people, I'm like, hey, if you, you want to get into sales, go sell cars that, you know, 
people have horror stories about car dealerships, but most of them at least do sales meetings and have some kind of training that they, that they do for their team. So you're, you're, you're probably better off there than some other places uh, as a car business or find a, a job where you have to make cold calls. Like it's, you know, the, the cold call is the, uh, it's the, the great equalizer, you know, like if you can figure out how to master making a call, getting somebody's getting somebody on the phone, getting their interest at least long enough to not hang up on you, man, you could do anything. Like it's, it's literally like a free ticket, uh, to ride because no matter what product you have, no matter what industry you're in, no matter how good or bad the economy is, you can master this little thing here. You can work from anywhere. You can go anywhere. Uh, and, and it truly is freedom. And, and that's why sales is such an amazing game and people got to get into it because it really will give you more control over your life, your income, your happiness than anything because sales ought to read, just get what you want. Like, do you want to get what you want in life? Most people are going to say yes. The challenge that people run into and the reason they're like, well, I don't want to sell because if I said, hey, what do you want in life? And I had everybody write out what they wanted. I said, do you really want this? Yes, I do. I really want to make 250 grand a year. I really want to vacation here or there. I really want to put my kids in private school, whatever the case is. When you start saying, hey, this is how you get that, you start finding out how bad they really want those things. Yeah. And you start, you start seeing the fall off. And so when people say, you know, like I remember I was in a position in my life at one point where I was, you know, freaking on unemployment. I was living off of 1800 bucks a month, uh, having to pay rent out of that and everything. And, and I remember that, man, set six or seven grand a month at that time was like so much money to me. And I was like, man, that would actually give me like a little bit of freedom. And knowing what I know now, I can say confidently that like, a hundred thousand dollar a year sales job is really easy to find. Yep. The challenge is, is there's not enough people who are out there that are willing to actually do the work to make it happen because you can have a great attitude and you can have a solid work ethic and make a hundred grand a year in sales almost anywhere. I mean, it, it really is. It really is a low bar. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, I, it was, first off, I was trained uh, under APV, yeah. which, okay. But back then, uh, even today, to be quite honest with you, it was one of the best training courses I've ever seen from a standpoint of prospecting and, and, um, understanding what the customer's needs were. It, and it's, and it's hyper-focused on process. Yes. Know? It's all about process. It was all, and, and you just couldn't, if you understood the process and you understand, and you were able to take all the objections at one point, you were, you were literally, you had like an arsenal back here that you could take it on. And it, and it showed, I remember being in that thing. And I said, who's the, who's the number one sales guy here? I'll never forget his name. His name was Mel Ross. They pointed to him and I said, I'm going to beat that guy. Three months later, I beat him and I was unstoppable. And at that point, being the number one sales guy, I could do what, not only could I do whatever I want, the owners were like, he can do whatever he feels like. Yeah. We could do all those things, right? I went to him and I said, hey, I want to be a finance manager. And he goes, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to take you off the floor. I said, that's fine. You don't have to. I said, send me to finance school. Ray, Ray Hard was the finance school. It was in Arizona. Send me to finance school. 
let me learn finance and then I'll sell the cars and finance the deals and you pay me commission on the sales and the financing front and back end. Okay. We got to that point, Jared, and he literally had to say, Todd, we can't afford to pay you on the front and back end anymore because you're crushing them on the front and you're crushing them on the back. And I go, that's not my problem. Yeah. Right. So what it's funny you talk about phone calls because cold calls, you're absolutely right. That's a special kind of person. I went through MCI phone call training back way back before they yeah. got popped. Right. And I went in there and this was way before I even knew if sales was sales was for me. And I ended up being the number one guy uh, in our, in our space, in that area, um, for closing it down. And I realized way back then that it was about developing a relationship and, and on listening to the person tell their story mm -hmm. and how you could fill the need. And it worked really well and gelled really well when I got into the car business, but proper training was the difference maker in me being a really good salesperson. It always is, man. It's pro training and yep. education. It's just the type of education, you know, you, you, you're saying in the same sentence to me how much you hate education, but how much education changed your life. It's because you started getting educated about the thing that you're interested in. And that's, exactly, which is what I said. And if you go back and listen to this podcast, yeah, you'll yeah, hear yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem learning what I like, right? For sure. And when you're like, hey, I, I want to make money. I need to make money. I got to make money. Yep. Uh, that's something that people are highly interested in. And that's why when I was saying, hey, look, you find out how badly people really want um, the things that they want, because when you show them how to get it, they either do the work or they don't. But a lot of people will write down goals and I'll say, Hey, go do this, that, or the other thing. And they'll be like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, dude, you don't, th those aren't real goals you wrote down that you don't want that stuff that bad. Yeah, absolutely. So, we just had that conversation today. Let's mm -hmm. get into your origin story, right? Because we're, you and I could talk about sales all day long and we're going to talk more about it. But let's get into your kind of your origin story because your mindset was not always like this. My mindset was not always like this. That comes with age and experience and things of that nature. So San Diego, right? Yeah. So um, you know, I I was uh, I worked for my dad uh, in a motorcycle dealership, and at 21, I got a job selling advertising for uh, Auto Trader back when they had the paper yeah paper books. Um, I worked for the the boat RV motorcycle parts and equipment. They called it the specialty books, not the automotive books. Um, but I became the number two rep in the country at 21 years old. I was the youngest rep in the country, just crushing it, you know, making, you know, 15, 18, 20 K a month and, uh, living at home, you know, thought I was, you know, hot shit, but I wasn't a great salesperson. I was just, I was just good with people. Like I had a good attitude. Um, had a good personality, you know, and just worked. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I know that you don't have to have all the skill in the world to, to be a top performer. You just have to have a good attitude. You have to work really hard. And, um, you know, it's just like, like it just, it just, it's this, the skill, adding the skill is really when you see people like when, when they take off. Right. You know, like that's, it's, it's, it's when, you know, I, I was 21, I was doing well, crushing it, thought I was doing great, had some stuff happen uh, with the job, ended up leaving, ended up on unemployment, broke, smoking weed every day, loser, bum, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then I got a piece of content. I was still interested in making money, right? I still wanted to make money. And I was willing to do a lot of things in order to do that. I was willing to sacrifice a lot of things in order to do that. But I started getting the right information. And that's when I started, you know, when I found Grant 
And my dad sent me a YouTube link and said, Hey, check this guy out. You might like him. And I uh, watched every video he had and was like, dude, this is, this is it, dude. This is, this is the thing that I needed. I was missing this piece the whole time because I knew that there were things that were, were when I was selling, when I was selling, uh, that, that I, that I needed help with that I didn't know the answers to. And I knew I wasn't handling things the right way. And I just didn't feel good about it. And then when, when I wouldn't get my way, I'd be like, how come I have no predictability about this? Like how, how come, you know, how come I, how come this isn't something that I have like every month I I have security in this, I have confidence in, and it was because I, I wasn't, it was because I wasn't ever properly skilled and I was relying on something that was unreliable. And so somebody just closed the deal. Yeah. Right. What's up? Not right now. <clears throat> That's how busy Jared is. People just interrupt meetings. Like, yeah. Yeah, we don't care. Or when it's, when it's the boss, you just have to let him in. There you go. Um, so, so, um, Let's see, where was I? So, so skill is what changed the deal for me. And so I started working for Grant. I started getting a lot of the right information, started thinking right about money. I realized that 250 grand, this number in my head that I had in my head that I thought was just like <clears throat> out of this world. Um, I, I realized that like, I'm, I'm around a guy that's making twice that a month. And then I'm like, oh shit. Like, this is what money's like. Right. Like this is what real money's like. And then he's making a million a month. And I'm like, whoa. And so I keep, I'm close to him. So I keep seeing all this expansion happening and it just keeps expanding what I think is possible because the thing, you know, people can only accept the reality of their reality. Like, yep. like for some people, like it would be, it would be impossible for them to ever think that, that they could become a billionaire or that, you know, they could be worth a hundred million for some, I mean, dude, like 20 million or 10 million or whatever. But, but like, until you start getting around those people and you start seeing that it's real and that's why, you know, I mean, I'm not a braggadocious person, but like sharing successes is important. You oh know, yeah. Sharing wins is important. Seeing people do well is important. And because it reminds you that it's possible. And so when I came to work for Grant, I started getting all of that. I started getting skill. Now I've got skill, personality, attitude, um, uh, uh, opportunity mindset. Like I'm seeing all these things happen around me. And when you stack the work ethic on top of that, that's when stuff just, just grabs. And, and, and unfortunately there are a lot of people that are doing the right things, but they're not even in the right vehicle. Like they're not, you know, I couldn't, if, if I would have started or if I would have stayed in that company selling advertising, um, it was not the right vehicle for me to go make you know, 2 million bucks in a year right. at 36 years old. Uh, like nobody was the CEO of the company wasn't even making that much money. Right. So, so it was, it was more of, it's, it, it's really more of, are you in the right vehicle? That's the question people need to ask themselves. If you're doing all the right things and you're not getting what you want, then you need to ask yourself, am I in the right vehicle? And then what that comes with is, are there other people that are making money you know, like people are like, I'm thinking about getting a new job. I'm like, what, what's your role? I'm in sales. Uh, okay, cool. I understand that. How much did you make last year? 80 grand. Okay, good. Uh, how much did the top guy make? 300. I'm like, you're not ready to leave yet. Right. You're not ready to leave yet. Like, but give me the guy's number who made 300 real quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you, 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 uh, people, people look too soon to leave something 
and they don't have all the right information. They're not making their decisions off the right information. And well, that's so- rushing the process, right? I mean, a lot, a lot of us have, have tried, we, we see what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. and we try to rush that process um, and, and try to get there quicker sometimes. And I think sometimes yeah, and, and, and it's not ready. Yeah. And it's like, it's like uh, you have to practice patience and urgency at the same exact time. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's a really, it's, it's a really interesting thing. So that was all over the place, but you know, that. No. And I mean, it, it quite honestly, it all makes a lot of sense. I mean, at the end of the day, what a lot, what, what I want a lot of these people that are listening to this episode to get out of this is that um, look, success can happen at any time. It might happen much, much later. There's actors in Hollywood that don't become successful until they're 75 years old. There's obviously there's entrepreneurs out there that get very successful at 2025. But the thing is, is you need to figure out naturally what you're really good at. Right. I truly believe, and this is, and this is the truth. I have a, I have a guy that was in my office the other day, a guy cuts my hair and and he's, we go to the gym and stuff together. He said to me, he goes, uh, very artistic guy. And he goes, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm very passionate and talented, you know? And I said, what about hard work? And he's like, well, yeah, a little bit. And I said, look, man, I said, at the end of the day, somebody that walks through my door, I'll take the hard worker over the talented, passionate person all day long because a talented, passionate person can get very depressed really, really fast. The hard worker is the person at the end of the day, they're always there. When I was in that dealership, I didn't leave my desk until the dealer principal left his desk. Yeah. I picked up cigarettes off the sidewalk. Those are the things that people are looking for. Those are the things that leaders are looking for. That is a dying breed. I can tell you that right now. Unfortunately, it is. But there's guys like you and me that remember being taught that type of work ethic because I believe it can be taught because it was taught to me. I had a good work ethic growing up. My dad was in sales forever. I I remember growing up saying, I don't want to be what my dad is. I'm exactly what my dad is. My dad's 78 and he's still selling. Yeah. He sit, comes to my office, sits down in his, and sits there and he goes, you know what he said to me yesterday, Jared? He goes, I'll tell you what I do and it's always worked. And I said, okay, what's that? And he goes, I go to a meeting and then I write a card and I mail it to them and follow up. And then I show up the next day. And I said, what's your conversion rate on that TC? His name's Tom Collins, believe it or not. So what's your <laughs> conversion rate on that TC? He goes, 100%, motherfucker. And I go, interesting, I'm going to try that. But now think about that, right? To you and I, that's an old school way of doing business. But if we did that, if we did that. Differentiator now. And you said, and you said it to the right person, Jared, that would be the differentiator. That would set you so far apart from the average salesperson nowadays. It's not even funny. So Dude, the average old school tactics. Go ahead. 40, 48% of salespeople never even make one follow-up call. Successful people do what unsuccessful people are unwilling to do, my friend. Yeah, it's just like, you know, like people are bitching about how much money they make. It's like, how many follow-up calls did you make? How many referrals did you get last month? You know, uh, how many times did you have a manager make a call on a deal that you're working? Like when you, when you start working into like these little crevices of, of sales and management, like there's so much opportunity there that people are missing. Like, dude, you, you go into a CRM and you find out that a lead's been called twice and somebody dropped it. And you're like, dude, I, I'm spending 25 grand a month or a hundred grand a month, or in our case, a million dollars a month to create sure. opportunities and you can't even call somebody more than twice. Like the bar is so low and people, I think people think there's this massive Delta between what they're doing and what they need to do to make millions. They don't, it's, it's, it's not, it's not big. You got to pick up cigarette butts. You got to, uh, uh, wipe the toilet seat off because the jackass in front of you made a mess. You know, you, you make an extra follow-up call, you handwrite a note. These are things that are free. 
And if you don't think that the people up top are watching that and see that, that that's the stuff that, that, that sets you apart from everybody else, man. I'm telling you the guy that's willing to get dirty uh, and, and do the things and I used to, I had that taped in front of my desk in the dealership. Successful people do what unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. That quote is stuck with me forever. Yeah. Um, and that was the same day I was given the think and grow rich book, which a lot of people think that that book is about sales. It's really not. It's about really a, a, a hardworking mental attitude yeah. and, and, a, and, and a way to overcome objections and, and mm-hmm. put yourself in the right mindset, which leads me to the, the next thing I want to talk to you about is getting get the mindset that you're in the mindset that I'm in. I, I, I believe that they're two very equal mindsets. You're training a lot now. Um, you're, you're, you're grooming a lot of people. You were groomed. Now you're grooming a lot of people. Have you found it difficult to pass that hard work, um, on to these other, these, these younger guys and younger gals that are coming into, uh, Cardone and, and we're, 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 we're kind of an anomaly. You know, yeah. I, I wish I could say that, I mean, we have some, we, we train and have culture that, you know, you could put up with anybody, but people come here, they know what they're getting into you know, they, they, they move from out of the state on their own dime to come work for us. You know, they eat shit and make cold calls for six months so they can build a pipeline. They get their face beat in making cold calls to businesses. And, you know, over time it becomes something that, you know, I got guys that are making 50, 60 grand a month residual off the deals that they're doing. So people come here, they know it's going to be work. So we're a little bit different, you know, people, you know, my guys are in here at, 8, 8 a.m. every day. They're leaving at seven. They're here on Saturdays for a half day. I mean, they're, they're, they're freaks. It's the car business mentality, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I remember getting up being, you know, when I was in management positions, when I was GM, I mean, I had my own dealership for four years, mm-hmm. um, which goes into my like bad times. But at the end of the day, when you, when you really think about it, it's, uh, I remember working, you know, getting there at nine o'clock in the morning and sometimes leaving at 11, 30, 12 at night. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a rough lifestyle, but Hey, look, the money was amazing. I was making more money than ever. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where I, I, I wanted to get into what you're doing from a mindset standpoint. You decided recently, you started, you started getting back in the gym. Now, I know you always worked out, but you, you really started going hard at the gym lately. Yeah, I've been with it probably for the last year. Like I've been, I, I've been working out with a trainer and, um, you know, like I, I used to smoke weed every day. I cut that out like years ago. Um, you know, drinking at a minimum, you know, just trying to make good decisions, you know, and, and I I know what the, 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 the end game, the finish line looks like for me and it's big enough and it's exciting enough that I'm like, Hey man, you got to make sacrifices now. If that means, you know, on your wife's birthday, you got to do this or your anniversary, you got to do that or on Christmas, whatever. Like you just, you just do it. Like you're putting in the work now, you know, and, and I don't get distracted by people that, you know. I don't get distracted by them because I don't keep them around me. People that, you know, say you're doing too much. Why are you working so hard? Blah, blah, blah. Like I've developed a switch. Like I just turn it off when they start and I'm just like, yeah, you know, you're telling me I'm working too much, but you know, I'm looking at my life and I'm looking at yours and I don't think I want to trade. Yeah, exactly. I remember I got, when I first started this, the agency, it was about five years ago. I got quoted in a magazine in my first year and it was called evolving the industry from what we were doing for restaurants. And uh, there's a quote inside that's actually hanging on my wall. And there's a reason why it's hanging on my wall. It's literally said, um, business first, family second. And a lot of people misquoted me on that. And really what it came down to is this. I can't provide for my family or give my family what they need unless I'm working and growing the business. 
So if you can't understand how that works and you don't understand my mindset, then please move out of the way and I'll keep trucking. And you're absolutely right. I hear it all the time. Man, you work too much. You're working long hours. This, that, everything else. Why are you still doing that? You don't have to do that anymore. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. It didn't stop. Bills keep coming. Yeah. What kids are, kids are around me. People want things. Yeah. Right. And so you, you, I believe if you love what you do, that it's not really working. You yeah. love being in that office, Jared. You love working. You love yeah, going to work. I, 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 you know, I tell you some days I don't. Really? Oh, oh all right. Now this is, now we're getting, now this is good. Dude, it, 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 you know, anybody who thinks they're going to love what they do every day, they're in fantasy land. Like, you, you, you know, it, it's, it's like a marriage, you know, like, dude, every day ain't perfect. If 75% of the days are good and 25% of the days you hate her guts, you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like you can't expect that you like we did. I did a podcast on this uh, with Grant two weeks ago about what to do when you're having a bad day. Like it's just inevitable. Shit goes wrong. You got to fire people. You got people quit. You have to dissolve partnerships. Uh, Somebody tries to sue you. A customer is irate because of blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, like there's just bad stuff that happens. And the, 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 the danger is thinking that it's never going to happen. And then when it happens, you're like, oh my gosh, because right. even when it happens, doubt and uncertainty comes in. Dude, sometimes things happen. I have a bad day and that bad day becomes two bad days. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a massive win because back when I was starting, a bad day meant a bad month. Yeah. And, you know, and then for some people, bad months mean bad years or, you know, bad months mean I'm out of here and I quit. And, you know, like when I first started working for Grant 90 days in, I thought I was going to, I was like, this is not good. This is not it for me. It's not happening. It's not moving fast enough. I almost quit. Dude, imagine what would have happened if I would have quit. It's crazy. All of the opportunity that I would have missed out on. So you, you, it's, it's great to love what you do, but you have to love hating what you do too. Like you got to fall, fall in love with the bad days because no matter what, um, they're going to happen. And you just got to make sure that the majority of the days are good days. Sometimes that might be 51% of the days and not 75%. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I agree. So, so let me ask you a question real quick. In, in handling those bad days at work, there's a, there, there, was a, there was a new uh, uh, addition to your family. Uh, you and your beautiful wife uh, had a son. Mm-hmm. I've got two. Uh, but at this point now going home, does that help you handle the bad day just a little bit better? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, kids are amazing and it, you know, it, it, for the first, you know, it's hard for the first, you got to build a relationship with something as a man, at least it was a challenge, you know, like, I mean, of course you love, you can't even explain the love that you have for him, but, but you have to figure out how to develop a relationship with something for the first seven months uh, or six months that they're alive, that really doesn't communicate a whole lot. And, no, so and there's not much we can do, right? No. And, and so it's, and it's really just like this weird thing that you're like, man, I, is this how I'm supposed to feel? Am I supposed to feel like, cause I see you, you get all this. So, you know, having a kid is, it's just, at least for me, it was maybe not for everybody. For me, it was like, it was this whole process of trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out, but I just know that like, they're happy all the time. What I do now, how I act now is going to shape the way that they live the rest of their life in the future. And I want to try to be present for that as much as possible. So when we, uh, when we talk about 10 X, you know, when we talk about 10 X, 
that means 10x at home too. That means 10x with the, the wife, 10x with the kids, 10x uh, with the community. I mean, it's, it's an all-in thing and, and it's not an overnight job either. Like it takes time. Yeah. It takes discipline and it takes effort. 10x with your health. Like it's just, it, it's this idea that you can have it all. And, and that's what we try to instill with our clients and our customers because life beats you down, people around you beat you down, negativity beats you down, the economy can beat you down, impeachments can bring you down. Like, you know, like there's all this stuff going on around you that can bring you down and you just got to know like 10X is something that is, is, is attainable for everybody. It's so worth it, but you have to earn it. You got to work for it. And, um, and we try to just instill that in all of our customers. Like there's hope, there's faith, you know, somebody has to be, we're not rah, rah cheerleaders. We're, we're like, Hey, say this and it works, but wins create celebrations. And so, so we go back to, you're having a bad day, produce something like help somebody out, get a deal, call a customer, do something, something bad happens in your day, immediately go into where can I get a quick win? Cause a win creates Momentum. Very much so. You know, uh, you so you guys, you guys. I mean, had an amazing conference uh, last year. That I mean, it it, it went off like it, like it was it was batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Fucking Grant jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Like I mean, it was nuts, dude. Um, the new the next one that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that real quick? Yeah. So so uh, February twenty first, twenty second, twenty third in Las Vegas, Mandalay Bay. Uh, we're doing our next event. The talent for this one is like the people we're getting to speak. Uh, I'll, I'll give you all this. We haven't announced. Well, you better be speaking. You're going to be speaking. We, obviously, we haven't we haven't announced it yet, but I'll announce this one. Um, I sent the contract out. We've agreed on terms and all that stuff. Nobody's probably going to know this guy. You might know this guy actually, um, but when you hear what this guy did, you're going to be like, "Dang!" You know the name Brad Parscale. It sounds familiar. He was the digital director for the Trump campaign and was responsible for running all of their Facebook ads. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and because he crushed it so hard, they made, Trump made him his campaign manager for 2020. Wow. So this is not a political thing. This is about a guy who got a bid on a website. He didn't know who it was for. He said he quoted 1400 bucks. He turned that $1,400 website into $94 million in billing um, for his agency. Unbelievable. And he underpriced that website build. Let's just be completely honest there. That's ridiculous. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and I, I'm going to be out in Vegas in March. So it's, it, I, and I love Vegas, man. That, yeah. That's a great spot to pick to have a huge event. I mean, yeah, and, and we did it. We, we went back to Vegas because some of the feedback that we got last year was like, the venue was so big. Okay, we checked the box. We did the biggest conference that anybody's ever done. Right. Um, but we, we liked the community. Everybody in the hotel, you know, you're walking around for three days in Mandalay Bay. Everybody there's 10X. They all got their 10X stuff on. Right. You know, with, with 12,000 people in one venue, you get to make a lot of connections. And so that was the networking piece is really what we were trying to get back to. Uh, although that was, you know, there were a lot of people to network and there was a lot of great feedback about the networking at, um, uh, at the event, this, at the event last year, this type of setup though, where the hotel and the venue, everything's connected. It's just more conducive to getting people to connect. Um, so we're super excited about it. I've, yeah, got, absolutely. I've got like three or four, like major bomb announcements for, for talent. Uh, that's going to be, people are going to be like, 
what is he doing? I love it. Well, I appreciate you sharing one of those uh, on this episode. That means no, a lot. there was four other ones. That one, that one, that one, that was just a freebie. Oh yeah, I mean that's what I love. See, you're you're you're, you're building relationships, man. You're doing what you're doing. I love it. Um, let's let let's kind of like veer in towards uh, sales a little bit. I'm dealing with a lot of real estate agents right now, like I talked about. Give me. Um, I, I really want to talk about a lot of these real estate agents. They're doing the same fucking thing every single day. Mm-hmm. I literally said to a real. I tweeted this yesterday and put it up on Facebook, and it got like I don't know, it was like a hundred comments and whatever it was, which is a lot for me. Um, I said, why do you guys keep making your, the people that you sold a house to hold a sold sign? I was like, why don't you put like, help this person's dream come true yeah. or, or bought, have them hold the bought because you should be holding the sold sign. They're holding the bought sign. I was like, why aren't you there? I'm noticing that real estate agents really at this point right now, a lot of them are just, they're just not thinking outside of the box mm-hmm. from a social media standpoint or anything else like that. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing to kind of up that game for people with their social media, things of that nature. Cause I know, you know, we're, we're obviously doing some stuff together. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so like, you, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a massive undertaking. It's a crazy space that's changing all the time. And, you know, we've done, uh, we've done a lot online with social and um, we recently partnered with Frank Kern and put together an agency um, to help people kind of figure out how to monetize. And, 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 and social is changing in the sense that organic use of the platforms is like, I mean, it's dying off hard. Like it, it's the only way to actually have presence on social now is to be buying ads. Yep. And, and so, you know, that's like your business, I'm sure our business, whatever, like mm-hmm. it's, you know, people need to be online. They need to uh, get attention but you just, you have to pay to play today, unfortunately. And so we partnered with Frank cause he's great at it. Um, and we're, we, you know, we've launched an ad agency and it's uh cardonecurrent.com and it's, uh, it's going well, you know, we've, we've got, uh, hundreds of businesses that signed up in, in, in like four months, yep. which can create some challenges, just onboarding everybody and, you know, and, and just figuring out how to welcome to my hire, world, hire people. All, I mean, you know, it's just, so, but it's all good problems, you know, and, and, yeah. and there's a need out there and we just figure, Hey, if people are doing this, they might as well do it with us. So, um, you know, you, we're, we're happy to help anybody with this, uh, at cardonekern.com. but really it's just about, uh, how can you be different? How can you provide value? How can you become a trusted resource? How can you be the source of information? And that's the most important thing that people know that you're out to serve and you're not just out to sell. And and if you can provide valuable content, you know, what are all the things that a uh, person purchasing a home would be interested in with outside of just buying a house and how many different creative ways can you be the person they come to where they're like, you know, this is the person now I haven't, uh, you know, I'm not in the market to buy a house for a year, but I'm thinking with it now. And, you know, like, like I have a, um, a friend back in San Diego and her and her dad are partners in a real estate business. And they started creating all this kind of crazy content and doing all these interesting things. And they, they got like an ice cream, mobile ice cream truck, like a, like a, like a, um, a food truck, but it's for ice cream. And, and, um, and so they, they just, you know, they're, people are finding ways to get creative. So, and that's really what it comes down to, right? Because at the end of the day, like we're all selling something. Yeah. Like 100%. But it, 
if, if we're not, if we've sold something to somebody and then that's, and then let's say that's the end of the journey for them from a sales standpoint, how are we keeping them engaged, right? Where they can either A, pass this on to somebody else where they're like, man, this is the person we want uh, kind of representing us from a sales standpoint, mm -hmm. or this is somebody I would want to buy from. That's where I think everybody kind of starts to lose, right? And that goes all the way back to the very beginning of this episode when we were talking about sales mm -hmm. is that you, if you guys sell hard enough and you sell well enough, it gives you the ability to be able to free up your creative to yeah. create a completely separate audience too, right? And that's, and that's you know, the last couple of years, that's what I've been able to do. I've, been, I've worked and sold, 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 and now I've been able to create something completely yeah. separate that actually has ended up generating me more sales from that side yeah. than from the old school way of doing business, right? I mean, and same with you, same with Grant, same with a lot of the other guys out there that have, that have kind of branched off and done their own thing which is what you've done. You know, you have your pot, your podcast now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, we've had that for like five years now, I think. It's but the crazy. interview, that interview side, that, that, I feel like that was something. Oh, that was that. Yeah, no, that was just, we just, we, dude, we were just messing around and I was like, why don't I interview you? I've never interviewed you before. And we literally just like on the spot and he's like, okay, cool. And then I just, I wrote down, scribbled down some questions and then tried to put them in an order that like made sense. And then we just turned the cameras on and just. It was like, great. It, you made it extremely uncomfortable. It was, it awesome. was, it it was, was literally like a matter of 10 minutes between me going, Hey, why don't I just interview you and us having the team in there and lit up and, and started rolling. Yeah. I mean, we all want to see that, right? We all want to see you too. When you guys are together, you guys are hilarious. It's a very cool father son kind of type of feeling. And, yeah. and I think we all have that, right? I've got a guy like that as well. Yeah. Um, as we, as we tail into the, to the end here, um, I, I, we always end it with two questions, six answers. Um, especially with you, because I don't have a lot of sales guys on, on here, which I really probably should have some more on, but I only like having guys that I feel are top tier and you definitely fall into that. There's no question about it, especially mm -hmm. at your young age. You're even younger than I am. Um, let's talk about sales. Sales guys, younger guys, younger gals that are out there that want to get into sales or are having kind of confusing or confused about what to do, even coming out of college, right? There's a lot of people that are coming out of college. They have degrees. And guys like me and you, when we're interviewing people now, we're not even so much looking at a degree as, hey, what have you guys from a work experience thing? What have you done in advertising? What do, are you Facebook Blueprint certified? Do you, are you Google Ads certified? These are things we care about now. Give these guys um, you know, three things from a sales perspective, what they could do to go get some really good sales experience before they kind of jump into what their dream job would be. Uh, like literally try to find as much rejection as you possibly can rejection this 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 fear and anxiety about sales um it really comes down to the rejection piece and so if you can put yourself in a situation that's what's great about the car business is there is a lot of rejection there's a lot of no's you know like if you're great if you're really counting all your true opportunities not just the customers that you log or you know the whatever the customers you talk to um Closing rates are abysmal. I mean, it's like, you yeah. know, it, 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 you know, my guys on the phone, you know, they're closing 1% of their customers. I mean, it's just of the people, of the calls they make. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, if you can properly see that in your expectations of what you're going to get out of life and you can go in going, I'm going to lose 99% of the time, but that 1% is going to be worth it. And that's, what's going to create my legacy. 
if you can really understand that because people come out and they're so naive about how much rejection and how hard the marketplace really is that if you can start doing that at a really young age, like I wish I would have been a cold calling anywhere, any business, anything uh, when I was 18 years old. I wish I would have gotten that out of the way because you, you learn to deal with that and, and it's one of the most powerful skills that you can ever learn is how to handle rejection. Um, so that would definitely be number one. Uh, number two, I would uh, get in a sales job as fast as possible. Um, you know, I, it's hard, it's hard to come, come across people who don't say, I want to be financially free. I don't want to have to worry about money. Uh, I want to have choices and options. Like those are all things that most people want in life. And when you get stuck into a role where you know what your paycheck's going to be every month, no matter what you take away a lot of the, you take away your ability to have that. Um, and that's what's great about like the whole side hustle thing and people trying to make money online in all these different ways is, is it gives people a vehicle to, to make more money. Um, money is so important. Like, you know, so I would say point three, uh, money is important and what you do is not. Like money is important. These, this is contrary to what people tell you. They say, hey, money isn't everything and do what you love. Like, Money is extremely important and you don't have to love what you do. If, if you, if you did like, I didn't love my job. I love what we, I loved the product. I loved the customers. Like once the customer had the product and I could work with them, I loved my job then. Sure. Dude, I didn't love making cold calls. I still don't love making cold calls. I hate making cold calls, Yeah. but I do it because I know what the result gets me. And so it's really important for people to understand, like you don't have to love your job every day. That's why I said earlier, I'm like, dude, if it's 50, 50, good and bad, then you have a decision to make. But if it's 51% good and 49% bad, you're doing good. And, and if you're, and if you're, and if you really have a big score on the line, then those percentages start shifting. You could have 70% bad days, 80% bad days, because the 20% of days that are great for you are going to make you 500 grand a year, then you need to start considering all these things. But there's so much information about there about the people like, you know, Hey, get a job. If you can make a hundred grand a year, you know, you can be safe. You are not safe at a hundred grand a year at a hundred grand a year. You are still in a position where economic contractions, illnesses, um, loss of job, uh, you're still victim to those things. And, and, um, you need to make big money. I'm just telling you, like it gives you more options to do more things. So, so I would say, uh, make money. You don't have to love what you do. Um, get a job in sales so you can have control over your income and figure out a way to put yourself in a position to experience the most extreme amount of rejection possible. I love that. Um, there, the only thing that Jared and I may, may or may not agree on is the loving what you do thing. And, and to be quite honest with you, I love sales. So I, I and also I, I kind of want to put it out there is that the, the narrowing down of the I love what you do. Uh, one of the, the, the interesting things that Jared had talked about is that you don't have to love it every single day, right? Um, but the one thing that I want you to take away from this, and it's one thing that I've never said, and I've never said this, is that money's not important. I will 100% tell you 
that money is extremely important. And he just gave you a few examples of why it is. So I get that there's a lot of people out there that you can follow and you can like their stuff and you can listen to this and you can download their sales decks and you can do all this other or download their creative decks and everything else you want to. And I know these people, but it's also sometimes a farce trying to set you up for failure saying that you don't need that money to be happy. I will tell you, if you've never had money, you're not happy. When I didn't have money, I was not fucking happy. Jared, were you happy when you didn't have money? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because if I'm <laughs> going to be unhappy, I'd rather be rich. No doubt. <laughs> Maddie, pull that quote. If I'm going to be unhappy, I'd rather be rich. Send that over to Jared. Let's design him up one and send it over to him. Uh, last one, last, last question, uh, three answers. Um, you know, you're a motivational guy. There's no question about it. You jump up on stage, you talk, people listen. Um, get, drop, drop me three motivational tips here for uh, some of these younger guys and gals that listen to these episodes that are out uh, there. They're, they're working. Have monster goals. Remind yourself of those goals daily and be willing to give something up in order to get them. Oh, that's a good one. Like, like you can't, you know, if I want to make a million dollars a month in passive income, I have to make, I have to give things up. I have to sacrifice things. I have to sacrifice some freedoms. Probably I have to sacrifice some comfort. Probably I have to sacrifice. There, there are things that will need to be sacrificed along the way. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You know, if you want the big win, if you want the big kill, that means you're going to have to go farther away from the village than you've ever been before. And you're going to have to hunt with tools or uh, weapons that you've never used before. Like it's, you know, it's, you, you, you have to, you have to be willing to, to give something up. And for some people that's friends, sometimes negative friends. Uh, sometimes it's what you're doing on the weekends. If you're, you know, smoking pot or doing blow or taking e-pills or something like that. Uh, it could be family people, family members around you that are negative. It could be, uh, you know, you're going to strip clubs or cheating on your wife or whatever. Like it could, who knows what it is, but, but you will need to give things up along the way. When you add something, you need to give something up. And um, you have to be prepared for that. So big, massive, monstrous goals, number one. Number two, you got to remind yourself of those goals every single day. Write them down twice a day in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening. Uh, and then uh, number three is you got you to you gotta be prepared to pull the plug on some things that mean something to you uh, that, that aren't good for you. That's really what I'm talking about. Like sure, sure. you're going to have to give things up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when I started, we, you know, I quit drinking five years ago. Um, at, I, I don't think I was an alcoholic. I just knew that I needed to clear my head enough where if I was going into a meeting Monday morning at 8am, I was going to be more clear headed than the guy who was going into the Monday morning meeting. Cause he went out and he got drunk on Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Or yeah. I, I got a podcast episode with Jared at five o'clock today. I also have to pick up Logan and Harper, Nicole. And I said, Hey, Nicole, you got to pick them up. It is what it is. We have to get this done, right? So just little things like that. Um, I can tell you, you, you got to be willing to sacrifice a lot of things to be able to get what you want. Um, and a lot of those things are probably things that you really enjoy doing and love doing, but eventually you're going to figure it out. The older you get, also, I will tell you that Jared and I both in our 20s probably can't even remember most of our 20s, but I can tell you that you know, uh, with age, it also comes to. So don't rush the process. You can try it now. It'd be great to do it now. That's why we're sharing these stories with you guys. Uh, just like our parents shared their stories with us saying, hey, look, I did it. I understand when you were our age, but you guys have to, you guys have to uh, understand that uh, in the day and age that we live in now, it's a lot different. 
um, and you've got to get a head start on a lot of the people um, that are already kind of jumping on this bandwagon. Jared, um, I appreciate you being on. Where can everybody follow you? I know you haven't updated your Twitter lately. You tell yeah. Mark to do that. No, I, I haven't. I haven't been on Twitter in a while. I just, I've, no excuses. So um, <laughs> just at, at Jared Glant pretty much everywhere. I think if you put it in the, in the, the spelling in, in the description of the show or something like that. Um, but uh, that, that at Jared Glant on every platform is where you can find me. Uh, you can also find me in February in Las Vegas for the 10X Growth Conference. We'd love to have you there. Uh, we have a ridiculous lineup. Uh, I, we're, we're just at uh, 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 like 960K in talent. Run the dates and times for me again. Uh, February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. This will be the craziest lineup of any speaking event or any business conference uh, that anybody's talking about uh, for the near future. Better than the one that we had last year, if you yeah. Jared, what's your, what's your podcast? Young Hustlers. Young Hustlers. Yeah. Um, I already knew that, but I, yeah, I, I'd have you say it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, it's, it's SEO voice. Um, yeah. Be sure to go uh, check out uh, uh, Jared's podcast too. It's, it's a really, really good podcast, especially if you're looking for something from a sales perspective. It, it's the education there. There's not a lot of people that are putting out really good sales education. Um, Jared is 100% one of them. Jared, I know you're a busy guy. Thank you again for taking the time to do this. I appreciate I it. And um, hey, hey, have a great weekend. It's Friday. Yeah, man. you too, brother. All right, bro. See ya. Yo, thank you so much. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.